Good afternoon, good evening, good day to every one of you listeners. Um, hopefully, by the time this is out, I will have gotten my act together and actually put together a proper intro to this year program. I am your co-host, um, Magus, and with me today is my ever-lovable and wonderful co-host, who everyone likes more than me, Jack. Yo, buddy, still alive? You're goddamn right. Absolutely. Sound, sounding upbeat today. And with me as well is, um, uh, I guess we could pretty much call him a co-host at this point, or uh, like frequent guest. I mean, I don't know. He like this is our this is our producer. He's like a producer, audio guy, generalized like you know, kind of great dude that we have on quite frequently. As I'm sure all of you are acquainted, uh, John. John, how you doing? I like to think of myself more as like a blackmail victim who just can't seem to escape the recording booth. <laughs> actually actually I, I don't honestly know what i have against like what i have on you <laughs> like if if that's I the do. case i do don't worry about it it's okay oh. I'm, I'm handling it oh. behind the scenes it's more of like a cosmic punishment i feel like i shit posted my way into a into a situation which is now infinitely more serious than anything i thought it would be <laughs> when i started you know ditto my parents are wondering where i am it's pretty bad uh oh, that's uh, that's that's a little. Oh, oh no, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna be uh, like it's it's the next thing you know. Um, uh, autistic man apprehended in uh, kidnapping of another autistic man. Yeah, but it's it's an autist on autist crime, so they're just gonna sweep it under the rug, right? Violence, you know the the you yeah. got the autist on the normie crime rates like 13 percent of the pop. Well, how many, what percent of the population are autistic people? Do you think? Oh, probably like 13 actually. Yeah, 13% yeah. of the population does 50, uh, 50 spurgouts, um, 50% yeah. of the spurgouts. So do you, will, we, will we have, like, autistic rights act advocates coming forward and saying, well, well, hold on, actually, actually, most of those spurgouts are against other autists, so I don't know why you neurotypicals are so worried about it? Well, yeah, but the, the other thing you got to understand about it, like, here, is that, like, you know, it's a cornerstone of, like, waifu bathism pan waifu socialism and Aryan monster girl futurism right but like autism rights is like one of the cornerstones of those those political ideologies you know another political ideology that also agrees with you what emoto sharia yeah <laughs> I, I, I like we have we have fortune alliance with the uh, with the emoto sharia people um and the uh, the elf no state um that they're they're uh nominal allies as well along with the trap no state or the trap republic there's also the uh, cowboy state too. Oh yeah, the cowboy the no cowboy futurism is another allied political ideology. So if you have yeah. a fringe weird internet meme ideology and you would like to uh, help us advocate for waifus, cowboys, um, and other anime stuff and other random stuff, if you have some kind of like meme ideology and you need uh, you need some help and we need some help, you know, reach out and contact us. We'd be please do. Yes, and and just for the record. When we say cowgirls, we don't mean humans riding horses. Yes. Wait, yes. we don't? We, do, we no. don't. No. What? No, you don't know that's what a cowgirl cow is? No, Holstar. A, we I mean, know what Holstar. a cowgirl is. Cowgirl. Yeah, cowgirl. It's it's a woman LARPing as a cowboy. No. 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 No, no you, you belong in the cowboy state. What? At this rate. You don't no, know no, the cowgirl. You mean, you mean cow Texas? No, that, I, I got, um, I got, I got full, uh full sort of ensuring from, uh, from the representative of the cowboy futurists that, that, that 
the cowgirls were going to be whole stars. So, yep. I see. I see. Yeah, that's what we're talking. I see. I see. He sees the light. Yes. You got to make sure to milk your cowgirl every day. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. 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 So what's uh what's what's first on the docket there, Mister Kikimura? I don't know. Let me think here. What should we talk about this week? You you can talk about your characters. Oh yeah yeah yeah. So um we were playing a role playing game and uh, John here uh, made a highly complicated and interesting character that I summarized as an XP of Violet Evergarden, much to his horror because. I like to summarize things in my mind with mimetic snippets, and he oh, finds listen this. To you, listen to you undersell this attack on my character. Listen to the, like just so casually, like uh, nah, yeah, I just did this. Like, like, is in your character, is in your 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 standing as a person, or your character is in your role playing game character, or both? Oh, oh yeah, both, definitely Oof. both. Yeah, yeah, naturally, I'm attack. This is a this is a physiological and psychological attack on two levels. This is spurg on spurg violence right here. Ugh. This, yeah, okay, all right, all right, so, yeah, so, all right, so, Mongoose knows my approach to role-playing, and that I do take it very seriously as a hobby, and I, I get into it, enjoy it, and, and approach it holistically, and, and come up with characters based on interesting backstories, and shape their personality and their, their worldview based on their experiences, and then, ha- like, play them out according to the, and, and so then he's just like, oh, hey, I watched this anime, and your character's totally this other character from this anime, you just copied him. And that, oh, I don't, I don't want to yell on you at you on your own show. You can yell at me on my own show. I don't care. You're a double dirtbag scoundrel. Now I'm going to bleep all that out. Don't worry. <laughs> I, mean, oh. I mean, you could, you could like, it's possible. Well, it, it, hey, hey, at least at the end of the day, I'm not a wig gnat like you. Oof. Everyone I don't like at, at any given moment is a wig gnat. That's just wig gnats don't even like anime and you're blaming me of copying an anime. So you're, you're a triple wig net, triple wig nets do like anime. (laughs) I don't even, I'm not aware of that ideology, but if it's against you, it sounds great. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, I'm like, when I say like you copied a character, I'm not, it's not an actual accusation. I'm just like joking with you, but like at the same time, it's just like, oh, they're similar. That was my, that was my observation. Nothing like a, uh. It's almost like calling somebody a terrorist when they're just like being mean to people. I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah. We'll get to that later. You know. <laughs> well, I mean, okay. Like, no, sorry. That's almost like calling someone a terrorist when they're doing a public service via trying to stop entryism. Entryism into the country by a foreign religion, or both. Because <laughs> I know the other thing you're going to say, and we'll get to that eventually. All in due time. Um, we okay. we here at Little Wars try to hint all our content, even though. That's. You're not supposed to call attention to the foreshadowing. I just realized, and that's why I'm silent right now. I'm looking at my wall disdainfully, wishing it was a mirror so that I could stare back at myself disdainfully. You're taking too many Borzoi pills. Stop it. (laughs) (laughs) I guess we should leave him alone in this intimate moment. I don't know. It's Uh, less an intimate. It's like it's not an intimate. Is it an intimate moment if you have it constantly? You could be intimate all the time. It's just extra awkward for everyone around you. Mm, now I feel personally attacked. Good. <laughs> you deserve this. <laughs> uh, 
Now, someone else deserves something, and we'll get to that later. Oh, or we probably won't because we're going to try to keep this show family friendly. Anyway, yeah, so I did start running a game again because that's just what I do is because if I'm not running a game, um, my mind will actually start trying to run a game because it's just a habit. So if I don't constantly have a game to think about that I'm running, uh, like I, I, my, I, I don't occupy i don't occupy enough of my brain power in a week and i i I start worrying about things that are not the game then i start thinking about things that are actually real and then you start having problems right like (laughs) no (laughs) yeah yeah no like constantly attempting to run away from from reality so in my latest attempt to run away from reality i started running a game for john and the and the boys uh the boys being um uh, Clement, uh, a good friend of ours who will go by the name of Terry, Colonel Bustard, and Roscoe and Stone, although Roscoe and Stone weren't there this week. And I'm not going to try to give a plot synopsis because if I do, I'll spoil things uh, for them. And one of them is actually here right now, being John. So, you know, can't do that. So if John wants to talk about it, he can. But if I start talking about it, I will talk about it in ways that I probably shouldn't. Yeah, um, it was very interesting to uh, to see your uh, your game mastering style. It's one that I haven't really experienced in uh, in my time in role playing uh, because you have such an intimate familiarity with your setting in a way that a lot of people just don't even bother. Uh, you're able to understand how things fit together and uh, like how the setting interacts in a uh, in a very thorough way that uh, I think as we go on, it'll be uh, even more interesting to explore. I, I'm, I'm, I'm very flattered, but at the same time, I, uh, the only, I, I'm only able to interpret this as uh, as indicative of the, of the problem wherein the setting itself is a form of escape, escapism for me. It only seems that way because I'm constantly working on it. I don't know. I get nervous about these things. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure the escapism is what channeled into the thoroughness for sure. Oh yeah, no, totally. I mean, the thing about it is, like, when you're when you're looking at this, it's literally just like, uh, it's really just the uh, the sort of combined like thoughts when I'd rather be somewhere else, just thinking about it constantly and trying to figure out new and interesting connections between things, and logistics, a lot of logistics posting. Yeah, well, I mean, that shows a level of uh, dedication to the idea that it's not just like a, a hey, wouldn't it be cool if we just threw this together. And so that that does show in the end result for sure. Well, I don't believe in the wouldn't it just be cool if we threw it together cuz like if you throw some things together, it always is go it's going to feel pastiche and it's not going to really ever feel genuine and real. Yeah. Ro- a role playing game more so than any other form of I think I've said this before. I may not have. RPGs more so than any other form of media have a, a unique ability to feel a bit more real than other things in, in ways that other forms of media can't because you can actually push against them in real ways and they can push back in realistic ways. Um, that, that, that being like, uh, with video games, you can't exactly interact with the video game world in a hyper-realistic way, but in an RPG, it's, it's impossible for you to, you know, do things that are extremely randomly generated and extremely sort of emblematic of actual reality and it can tie it it can tie together with your personal experience a bit more if you if you work at it um obviously if you if you don't really work at that immersion it's not going to happen but it has the it has the sort of ability to do that more so than anything else which is 
valuable. And that's what you have. Again, in my view, that's what you have to take take advantage of with the medium. You, that's it's really its major strength. So whenever you're trying to work with an RPG, rather than trying to... Like, the weakest role-playing games I've ever played is when people have tried to emulate the feeling they get from a book or a video game. Because trying to do that, books and video games don't work the same way tabletop role-playing games do. And the, 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 the feelings that you get from them are emblematic of those, like, those pieces of media and aren't going to sort of... Um, they're not going to be related or sorry, it's not going to you're not going to be able to generate the same feeling you get from watching a movie with an RPG, but you can generate different feelings. Hmm. Uh, if if you get what I'm saying. I'm I'm speaking in a very vague way because I don't really I haven't really got I don't really have the words to express exactly what I want to say here, but I want to say something. <laughs> I think it's your imagination. I think that's what's being worked out because in a video game or a movie, it takes very little imagination. In a book is a uh, books are vastly different um, medium because then your imagination kind of kicks into gear, right? But in an RPG, though, you're you've got the same you've got the same uh, amount of imagination that you need for a book, with the added benefit of almost writing the book as you go, you know, because you're an active yeah. uh, player in the medium. Yeah, well, like. Uh... Role-playing games or computers or video games, those, and especially for books, those have predetermined routes. They have predetermined variables. They've got a set of responses or voice lines, recorded uh, dialogue. You can't really wander outside of that, and as a result, you're constantly bumping up against and feeling the limitations and the boundaries of the medium that you're operating within. Where role-playing games, because of that imagination like you're talking about, you know, the innovation, the... Um, uh, the ability to just make things up on the fly. You're really not running into that same kind of a uh, boundary, and you've got you've got a lot more room to work with, a lot more room to play in. Which which actually reminds me, have any of you played? Uh, I know Mongoose probably hasn't played this, but uh, but have either of you played Vampire: The Masquerade? Uh, no. no, I'm vaguely familiar with it because I have played some of White Wolf's games, but uh, not that one specifically. I know about Chechnya, and that's about it. <laughs> Oh yeah, and the mythical nation of Ukraine. Yes, mythical nation. <laughs> right. Well, well, it's uh, a favorite uh, video game that actually got me into the into the world. Uh, Masquerade Bloodlines is actually getting a sequel, and it's and the important part is that it's getting a sequel with the same uh, almost team. I think the technical team is different, but uh, Chris Avalon is a. Uh, returning to do another uh vampire the masquerade game and i'm i'm actually kind of excited for it despite the fact that chris avalon is you know kind of a kind of a little bit globo homo he's very he's kind of uh mm. he's not he's not our guy but uh but he's he's written some he's written some pretty good works in the past so are you familiar at all with uh vampire that game that came out recently no. Uh, okay, so that that is a game set sometime in the 1900s, I believe, where you play as a vampire in England, I think, and there's a plague going on, and uh, you get to know these NPCs, and the more you know these, get to know these characters, the more their blood helps you out, and uh, there's like a there's a homosexual couple in there that you have to like they're so persecuted and you have to help them, 
and there's a uh, an interracial. Is this a computer game or is this just a module for an RPG? Uh, pardon me for asking. Like a tabletop RPG. It's a computer game. Oh, okay. It's okay. based on a very similar setting, though. Gotcha. What what interest what interested me about uh, the Bloodlines game though was the fact that it was so close to the tabletop game. They they actually. Yeah. Uh, Troika and Obsidian tend to make uh, computer games that are very, very close to the tabletop games in uh, function. Even though yeah. you know it, it's it's much more of a video game, obviously, because you know they at least they at least try to make your decisions uh, meaningful most of the time. Actually, that does remind me of something. Uh, you know, I think one of the so one of the best sort of there's this entire genre for those of for those of you who aren't aware or only peripherally aware. There's this entire genre of novels that are basically just propaganda for traditional games companies. Now, if you listen to PST 40K, they're just relaying and condensing information from those novels to you. Um, and, and while it's it's sort of I guess uh, like a little bit disdainful of me to say it's it's propaganda. I mean, like it, obviously it's in a tongue-in-cheek manner. But one of the best of these novelists is a uh, Dan Abnett, and one of the things Dan Abnett did that I think is um, really cool. Uh, and I, I think, you know, just sort of indicates the sort of granularity that you can sort of have with world building when you do like these sorts of games is uh, Dan Abnett literally codified, I think back in the day, like he codified like basically a quarter of the Warhammer 40K setting, just the in-setting lingo, just through his, um, just through his Gaunt's Ghost series. Like all of the lingo that authors are using now uh, all that, all all the stuff that you talk about with the Imperial Guard, like the the, the phrase "voxcaster," for example, mm-hmm. all that stuff was stuff that, that came out of those books, and it just it it just goes to show you, Abnett was acting sort of in a world building manner there with very, and he he's very beloved because of it. He doesn't act in the setting; he acted upon it in a way that was uh, constructive. He was world building basically. Abnett was Abnett exists as I think probably one of the greatest examples of a of a really good world builder, and he world built in a very non-linear and very rewarding way. And anyone who hasn't read through at least a few of those books really should, because they're just, I mean, just as examples of how to world build through storytelling, they're just impeccable. Yeah, especially when you're reading the book and you're realizing that you know this is where all this terminology and and uh, you know objects in the world have come from oh yeah no totally um i mean like i i think uh we were we were talking earlier this week uh privately um and we were talking about this one um author of this one series about this like ugly commissar model we had talked about a couple weeks ago i think (laughs) oh yes i remember that yeah yeah and the thing there was that she was she had retweeted a tweet about like how somebody had loved her series because it was like oh she's like not like other commissars but like also she's you know not colonel commissar ibram gaunt but at the same time it's like yeah but i guarantee you she's not as good a writer because i i can guarantee you that this writer uses all the same words all all of abnett's words and relies on the tropes that abnett codified or one of the other writers codified She's she's basically a, uh, um, what are those called? Basically a fan service, right? It, it is a fan service character to a certain segment of the community, which, you know, probably is why we hate it so much. 
I mean, fan fan service isn't inherently an evil thing if it's done really well and the fans being serviced deserve to be serviced. The problem well, is that yeah. a lot of the times that you know these things that we're pointing out, they're not even like actually fan service. They're they're trying to service non fans. They're trying to service outsiders. Yes, yes. I mean, and the the other thing there is just like these, you know, you get like these sort of um, how do how do you put it? Uh, I mean, if we're if we're ready to sort of leave what we were talking about, you get these grifters. Shall you say these entryists into the hobby mm-hmm. that um have nothing constructive to do they just want to make uh they just want to make criticisms of this criticisms of that and they just want to come in and kind of cause a stink they want to deconstruct and subvert tropes and expectations oh no i hate that so much is the how do we deconstruct this trope or that trope tropes are great um if you think that tropes are bad uh you're basically stupid um because the entire point of tropes is it's a very easy, um, well, it's not the entire point, but one of the advantages of them is that they're easy shorthands to convey a package of ideas and preconceived notions to your audience very quickly. You know, that's kind of why you want like a homogenous monolingual society that everybody can sort of get along with, because then you can write literature and call upon a shared cultural experiences. But I digress. Basically, when you have these tropes, right, you got these tropes together, and what you can do is, uh, you know, you can take uh, tropes, and the idea of tropes is not necessarily that the tropes, you know, uh, let me think of the word, that the tropes are conflicting. No, the conflicting isn't the word. That You can take the tropes and not necessarily subvert them, but you can combine them together in new and interesting ways and patterns, right? Um, and not necessarily, you can tell a unique story, but you don't necessarily have to subvert every single trope for the ugly fun of it. Because mm-hmm. literature only based on trope subversion is trash. I think we all can agree with that, right? Mm-hmm. Game of Thrones, yes. <laughs> I was, wasn't going to was say it, but uh, yeah, there you go. Case in point. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, like, <clears throat> as far as tropes go, it's it's very. Uh, I mean, I think I think it's important to know which tropes to subvert and which tropes to not subvert if you would like to subvert a trope, right? Like, like maybe I should maybe I should write a guide, you know, like. Uh, which tropes which tropes is severed because like like even even the tropes that seem to be like pretty uh pretty you know boilerplate like like I'll give you an example uh when <laughs> uh in one of the prequel movies for Star Wars uh everyone acted in shock as Obi-Wan said something about like he even killed the younglings right yeah. and it's like it's like what, <laughs> young younglings? You couldn't just say children, like <laughs> you can't. You can't kill children, but yeah, he totally killed children. Why, why couldn't he just say? Why couldn't he have just said like the Padawans? Like that yeah, would even yeah, or the Padawans, because because that is a trope of of the series, right? And and you could he could have very easily have said that if they didn't want to say like children. But they didn't. It's yeah. That that comes to something that like is a bugaboo of mine, which is like you don't need to make up words for things, mm-hmm. unless it thematically contributes. So one of the things that Dan Amnett did is he renamed a lot of things, but he didn't rename a lot of other things. But he renamed things, and where he renamed them, it was to contribute to sort of the uh, overall feel of the setting. 40k feels more anachronistic for calling radios voxcasters because it sounds more mystical and magical in line with the setting, right? And more gothic. Yeah. Right, it sounds yeah. more gothic too, right? It it goes to enhance that. But like does Obi-Wan calling the children younglings enhance the feel of the Star Wars setting? 
Well, let me let me ask you this: Which would have been better, younglings or miniature adults? Miniature <laughs> 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 adults would have caused me to laugh out loud. <laughs> I think I mean, that would have been better. <laughs> but who call who who realistically calls children miniature adults? Who calls them younglings? That's a, a fair point. <laughs> Right, so so instead of calling, so if you're running a Star Wars RPG, right, don't call them younglings. Call them Padawans. Call them children. Call them the proper the proper PC term of age reduced individuals. Ah, oh, there you go, age reduced individuals. I like that. Consenting minors. Oh no no oh, no, no. no no! Don't do that. <laughs> Little Wars Everyone... is not a libertarian podcast, guys. <laughs> hey, no, I'm kidding. Obviously, no. <laughs> Um, we, we are not attempting to suggest that minors can consent in an unironic fashion. Minors cannot consent, and uh, pedophilia it remains and continues to be a scourge and problem of our society. Well, that hold is... on. Anakin didn't have sex with the children. Come on. Right. Well, he they didn't consent to being killed either. They had a lightsaber in their hands. They're ready to fight. That's a <laughs> violation of the NAP. Okay, well, we just said Litter Wars is not a, uh, a libertarian podcast, and the children were acting in self-defense anyway. All right. Well, we have to say that the uh, the viewpoints of the guests do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of the show or a toast. Well, I mean, at this point, are you really a guest? <laughs> oh, damn. All right. I thought it was. I guess I better shape up if I'm if I'm not. All right. Never mind. Just kidding. Yeah, those those younglings. They were un, unduly slaughtered. On repeat after me. Part of the podcast. Part of the crew. Part, part of, of podcast, the podcast. Part of the, part of the crew. All right. <laughs> Not gonna lie, Pirates of the Caribbean, not bad movies. They're still fun. Yeah, they're they're bad movies, but they're enjoyable. Well, the point they're, they're swashbuckler movies. Swashbuckler movies are supposed to be like that. Like yeah, they, they know, just yeah. do the bit and they do it perfectly. Yeah, agreed. And they had a lot of tropes in them, bringing it back around to our conversation. Well, yeah, like you you weren't expecting anything out of Pirates of the Caribbean that wasn't just like like you got everything you wanted out of it and you got everything you expected. It's like and it was perfect because of that. I even got tan waifu giantess, GF. She was black. Dang it, Mongoose. <laughs> don't ruin this for me. She's black. In my anime pictures, she's tan. I, I, well, I'm not surprised. I'm all, uh, like, I'm uh, not surprised, just disappointed <laughs> that you have anime pictures of her. Not surprised, just disappointed. <laughs> my day is ruined and my disappointment is immeasurable. It's one of the most uncomfortable scenes in any movie I've ever seen um, because I was yeah. there with my parents watching it and it was just a bizarre scene to watch. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty weird and completely unnecessary, by the way. It was totally uncalled for. Totally. Yeah. yeah. They could have just turned her into a giant vortex of magic uh, ocean crabs instead of turning into a uh, giant. She could have <laughs> spread out and done the crab rave on the deck. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's what she ended up doing anyway, right? Yeah, dude, I don't, I don't remember this part. Was this? Uh, did I just not see this this particular Pirates of the Caribbean movie? Yeah, I mean, this is. Do you remember the part of the? I think it's the third one where they've got the entire pirate fleet and they're getting ready to fight uh, Davy Jones and the British to save uh, pirate culture or something like that. Uh, no. 
they're defending their libertarian haven of Tortuga. Oh, that's right. Not Tortuga, the, the hidden pirate kingdom. Oh yeah, whatever it's called. Because Tortuga is like like in the Caribbean. This is like somewhere in like southeast the Pacific. I don't know. Pirates of the Caribbean is a weird franchise with like weird deep lore, but like <laughs> it's cool too. It's basically it. Yeah, it's like it's like. Wait a second. They suddenly become nationalists. <laughs> No, they're they're like civic nationalists. Anyone can be a pirate, but you have to agree to the pirate code. You mean the guidelines, right? Yeah, the the pirate code. And if you agree to the pirate code, then you're a pirate, and you can be part of pirate society. And you don't even have to be alive. You can be undead. They do not discriminate. They don't even discriminate wow. against that. Yeah. And even blacks can be part of pirate right. code. Right. And Asians, especially and blacks. Indians. Yeah. And even the French. They let the French in, too. Like I Which said, is... especially blacks. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> uh, Little Wars does not reflect the opinions, uh, or the opinions of the guests do not reflect the opinions of Little Wars or its hosts. <laughs> no, <laughs> opinions, no opinions reflect any opinions, okay? This, this podcast actually has... We are a radical centrist podcast. We have no opinions whatsoever <laughs> yeah. on anything, period. <laughs> We can say opinions from all angles because we don't hold any of them. That's we're right. above opinions. <laughs> right. We're above, we above minor constructs like uh, opinions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a weird point. How did we get there? All right. Let's move on. Um, I'm sure I could deconstruct tropes. it for you. But oh, yeah. Yeah. We yeah. yeah. Tropes, okay. Tropes, tropes right. are great. Enough said. Always, always do the tropes. Don't be afraid to do the tropes. In fact, it's best if you do tropes. If if you do a mixture of tr- of of uh, of normal tropes and your own tropes, do not try to to intersect the two. What you should do instead, and in all cases where applicable, is simply take what you had and then watch some anime and then take your favorite three tropes from it and then throw those in there as well. That's beautiful. That's perfect. Actually. This has never failed me. And I get routinely <laughs> complimented on my uh, world building. So this is, this is solid advice. This is, like, this is like authorial speedballing where you like combine drugs together and just down them all at the same time. Yeah, literally. That's, uh, how, do you think, how do you think I ended up with what I ended up with for the setting? Okay, well, here's my, here's my <laughs> problem with this advice that we're giving. You're recommending we use tropes, but then you attack me as a person for my use of tropes in my character. Well, no, I didn't attack. I said you used a trope as a character and in a non in a non uh, aggressive manner, and you uh, you interpreted that as aggressive and mean because you went out of your way to try to make up something original and not copy another character. If I understand your grievance correctly, or has the grievance changed? <laughs> All I know is that I'm literally shaking right now. But you know who else is literally shaking? The subject of a 2016 article by Vice or Vox. <laughs> oh, beautiful yeah, segue. I set you up. I set you up for that. That was intentional. That was yeah. You don't you see beautiful. see like that now you spoiled it because see like I I knew it was intentional. <laughs> you knew it was intentional. The audience may not have known, but now they know. And and like it's no, totally no. ruined. No, Mongoose, I had no idea we were going there. I was lying to you. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Now you made me come clean. Now the audience <laughs> thinks we don't know what we're doing. Crap. Oh, I know. No, the audience knows that I know what I'm doing, and the rest of you don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
I'm confused. What, I mean, is that, is that what's going? Uh, how do we even know? How do we even know it's real, man? How, we can't. Uh, anyway. We can't know things. You just can't know anything because we're radical centrists, right? Yeah. Again, as we previously covered, we're radical centrists here on Little Wars. Yeah. We we can't know things, so you can't so, know anything. So conti- continue with your with your uh, article from Vox, not Vox Day, who is based in Red Pilled. Vox is Vox Day based in Red Pilled? I don't you know. Can't say that we're centrists. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, is, is being based in Red Pill even a good thing? Do we even know? I don't even know, yeah. So here's the article title. It's not just video games. Dash. Tabletop Oof. gaming has a harassment problem, too. Now, we know that this person knows how to write in the English language and went to journalism school because, like anyone should in the English language, they didn't capitalize anything but the first letter of, the, of that title. Um which is definitely how you format titles in the English language or any language for that matter. It's not like you're just, and and maybe you should actually have a title as opposed to the same. I'm sorry. I'm just really mad because like I've noticed recently, like how atrocious most journalists are with like very standard bog standard, like third grade level, like English advice. It's not even that. Like, have you ever heard of a semicolon? That's when you're supposed to use it. Well, why are you writing a title so long you need to put a semicolon in it? Because of the clickbait. You got to make sure they get the entire point just by reading the title. Well, I think that if they wanted um if they wanted clickbait, they could they could just say white male terrorism in traditional games. Yeah, but the problem is every article would just be white male terrorism blank. Are, are, yeah, I mean, I get that, but like, it's it'd be easier for the grug brains that actually read this shit to understand too, right? Are we giving them advice? We better stop. Uh, dude, I'll give them advice. I don't care. Like I gave, <laughs> I, I've given advice to other major corporations on this show free of charge, and I've said, "Look, you wanted." I, it was in our, it was in our episode about the mythical nation of the Ukraine and Chechnya. The first time we talked about uh, White Wolf and the um, controversy with uh, Vampire the Masquerade, I, I told them, like, you know, you should just hire me to like look over your rulebook to make sure you don't say any bad things. I still yeah. haven't received yeah. any any letters of uh, any any anybody asking for my resume or anything. I'm, I'm the offers are still open, like or or checks. Yeah, no, I'll do. I'll dude. I'd look. I'll look over your uh, BRB drafts to make sure you don't reference anything taboo. Like, dude, I'll do it. I'll, maybe I'll, they think we're just too radical of a centrist. Uh, may, yeah, maybe I'll have to have an opinion. Yeah, hmm. you gotta, you gotta dial opinion. it back. Um, I think I think for my opinion, I think ranch dressing is okay. That's gonna be my opinion. Ooh, we're radical ranch dressing. Um, no, no, no. That's my that's my opinion. You can have, you're you're okay to have another opinion if you want because we're radical centrists. Everyone gets their own opinion. Dude, I don't want another opinion. I like this opinion. Do you know what website we're hosted on? They are hardcore ranch supporters. Okay, if you only say that ranch is okay, we're gonna get kicked off. Mm, mm, mm. But then I'll have to compromise my principles of radical centrism for the principles of uh, actually being hosted on a website. And I don't know if my conscience can handle that, but my conscience can handle uh, handle, uh, $10,000 in Patreon money every month. How about this as far as a compromise? Ranchical centrism. Ranchical centrism. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, still doesn't have the same ring to it as uh, oh. pan waifu socialism. So, oh hell, let's just do that. Why are we doing the centrism bit anyway? Uh, because it was like funny for a couple minutes. Anyway, so back to this article. This article <laughs> was published in 2016, which you know, 
you know, based on everything that was happening then, it's not surprising to me that nobody saw it, right? And all, it's also surprising that the article makes zero mention of Donald Trump in it at all, which, you know, just interesting. So this, this article tracks the struggles of one intrepid whammon. Uh, I think her name is something stupid. Um, I don't know that I don't know her name. It's like, I don't know. I'm not, it's not even worth saying this, this whammon is going on and on about problems she's had in the traditional gaming community. And the basic arc of the article is she is attempting to get to, to drum up grassroots support, quote unquote, for like people to go and protest like sexualization of women in miniatures uh, in uh, traditional games. And she started with Malifaux and she's like in their forums trying to like stir up shit. Like that's basically what's going on. Like in, in, in no uncertain terms. Uh, you read the article, it's phrased as like she's like talking to people in a dialogue. Now, you know, you've, if you've ever been to a traditional games forum of any note, you know the type of person I'm talking about. You've probably met them before. Um, I'm 100% certain. Like I remember there were quite a few of them on Daka Daka back in the day if you were ever on there. But um, anyway... That goes beyond the point. So the, the thing about it is, so she's like on there doing this bit, and then she's like talking about all this like terrorism and harassment she's getting, right? Terrorism. Uh, terrorism is the her word for online harassment. Hmm. Um, and a, a, so I don't know, like where we want to start with this. Um, just start, just start reading the uh, the article. It's it's super long, man. Well, the okay, so let's. Let's start here. She's covering an article that was written by some lady named uh, Garland, I believe it is. Uh, the, so so the, the author is talking about this Garland lady. And she, she's, right. Garland is the subject of the article, but the author is not. So when we're talking about this lady doing the entryism and the stuff on the forums, we're talking about this Garland lady. Right. So real, real quick to give the audience, the audience an idea. The woman who's right, the Vox uh, writer who's writing about this Garland woman is an exceedingly chubby, awkward-looking white lady with problem glasses, and her name is Aja Romano. Wait, what kind of... I, I thought she I was... A name like that, I thought she was, like, some kind of Indian. Like I, a, post, I posted the picture. You can see how rotund her face is. We're talking, like, Zeppelin yeesh. blip here. Uh, yeah. uh, so her face is, like, a got weird two oval. Or three. It's a weird oval. I know. Uh, I know. Yeah, it's uh, like an egg that is fat. <laughs> an egg with fat on it. She literally yeah. looks like a, a children's book, like a uh, portrait of Humpty Dumpty, now that you say it. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, she's writing about this Garland uh, person who refers to it as, she wrote an article or a post saying, uh, tabletop gaming has a white male terrorism problem. Well, it's a Tumblr post. That's not an article. It's a tum yeah, it's a Tumblr post. And then she goes on to complain about well, her, her. Nowadays are Tumblr posts, just as an aside. Yeah, I mean that's Vox is just a Tumblr like that's paid to do it. So, but anyway, so she goes on to in this uh, Garland goes on to in this Tumblr post to complain about just a number of utterly absurd and unbelievable uh, encounters that she's had amongst role playing groups and ro in role playing games. I think we should start with the first most most egregious thing she alleges, and then work our way down in terms of in terms of egregiousness, yeah. rather than doing order. Okay, so the first thing that she alleges is that she was raped at some kind of a convention in Canada, and that when she called the police, according to the article, 
they called her a slut and told her to, like, screw off. Um, the reason I don't believe this claim operatively is, A, she doesn't identify an attacker ever, um, which if you'd been raped, you, you might want to, like, note the attacker or even try to give a physical description as often as possible in hopes of getting them. Yeah. Uh, and she doesn't want to be liable for any false accusations. Two, um, she only stopped with the she she only stopped with the local police department after they told her like, "Well, you're a slut." She didn't even try to like contact anybody about the um about the uh, that officer in particular or anything. Um, which in and of itself, given her later behavior, is odd and out of character, and we'll cover that later. And and beyond that, she didn't go anywhere further up the command chain than that one phone call, which likely never happened. So I'm gonna my my official mongoose verdict on this is I don't think it happened. Any other hot takes or opinions? Well, from what I from what I read, she didn't even go to the cops. She talked to somebody at the convention, and they they tell her this is a safe convention. We have a reputation to protect. If you go to the police, we'll say you were never here. And I'm just like. I, I'm sitting there going, yeah, uh, stuff that never happened. Txt, like, why would somebody say this is a safe convention? So if you do get raped, we're gonna deny that you that, like that. See, see, like what it says in the article. I just looked it up. See, her personal experiences with law enforcement include an incident describing her Tumblr post in which she called the police to report being raped, and police allegedly called her a drunk slut and hang up. And oh, hung was up. she a drunk slut? Um, I don't think that's a, I don't think that's really an operative issue here. My my main complaint there is if they said that, then why didn't you complain to the police department or a commissioner or something like that? Like there are there are ways you can levy complaints and go up the command chain. It's not like, you know, and it, it's not like and honestly, you know, I, I, any honest person kind of knows that like if you report like a violent like action like that, like if you were violently assaulted in that way, I think that the police have an incentive. No, no, no. You know what this is? You know what happened? Gamergate has infiltrated the police department. Oh, shit. I heard about Gamergate 2.0. Yeah, they're everywhere. Wait, are you telling me that Sargon of Akkad is my local police chief? Because if so, um, might have to move. L- luckily, he's in the EU still because they're having <laughs> trouble Brexiting. <laughs> yeah yeah he's 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 trying to get gamergate too but but yeah it appears the uk has ebrextile dysfunction <laughs> they especially do now because they have to buy porn licenses sorry i cut you off there jack it was just too good of a pun opportunity to pass up <laughs> it's okay it's okay I, I need to uh i need to think a little bit more about it my 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 both my uh computer cpu and my my uh, brain CPU needs to be replaced. Um, basically, yeah. So, so my I, see my my take on this whole thing is that uh, is that this actually did happen, but it wasn't rape. It was just somebody being rude to her, and uh, she couldn't she couldn't just she just couldn't handle somebody being rude to her. Well, no, her her story is that she was handed a drink, and then she woke up on a bed being raped, like in a hotel. Oh, that didn't happen. No, yeah, but that's her story, though. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I don't. I, uh, yeah, I don't see. The thing is, is I don't think that happened. She'd have details. No, I think back at the very least. I think she drank that drink. Drank that purple drink. She <laughs> she got together with somebody at the convention, and regretted it later. 
That's usually how it goes. If that was the case, she'd have an identity, and she probably would have just done a false rape accusation in that case. That's why I'm I'm thinking that this was just something she made up. Yeah. I oh, think yeah. I think none of this ever happened. I don't even think she called the police. No, she says, one of my male friends hands me a Pepsi. I take it and thank him. I wake up in a hotel bed I don't remember. A man's hand is inside me. Not not the same guy, though. Just, you know, just a random dude. The other thing about a male friend, right? A male friend. So, so we don't have an identity for that male friend. And we all know for certain that, you know, okay, if I was a woman and I was raped and, like, someone was connected with it, I would be constantly blaring their name out there because I'd want, you know investigation on that right like that that's what you would do it could be that uh this male friend was actually a well-known male feminist and she didn't want to get him in trouble oh now you're thinking it happened i don't think <laughs> see i don't think, i don't think this friend exists i don't think she called the police department uh the earth is flat um okay i'm just gonna say help mongoose is censoring me and what's worse is he's making me do it to myself this is why you're the wig nat, John. We, we need to edit that out in post because that that mm, I, I I'm just a little iffy. This is a comedy podcast. Obviously, I disavow ever touching these fat land whales ever in any way, even to hand them a Pepsi that's not drugged. Well, he is our wig nat friend, Bungus. I don't I don't know. I mean, yeah, yeah, you are right about that. No, no, you're not. not <laughs> I don't like this meme. Unfortunately, the meme likes you. <laughs> no, you. No, you like the meme. That's the problem. And the meme is handing you a Pepsi. What do you do? <laughs> I down that sucker and dive into bed. It's time for some memes. All right, let's, let's move on to my favorite part of this Tumblr post, though. And you know which one that is. Please do. Go on. No, no, no. See, I, I wanted to save that one for last because there's one more I want to talk about that's a little more serious. All right, all right, all right. But, and that's the one where she where she's talking about the anonymous death threat she gets from the Malifaux forums, right? Because this is this actually is serious to me. So this this uh, this woman, the subject of this article, the, the one who's alleging that she got raped at a convention. So she decides to join the Malifaux forums and claims that she spent her time there just complaining about uh, the representation of women in Malifaux. Now, I've never played Malifaux, nor will I likely ever play Malifaux. Um, I don't particularly care about Malifaux, not because like I, just because I, the game never interested me, but I will say that, uh, I don't really care about how, like, you know, well, I do care. I don't want women. I don't want like ugly fat women miniatures. I will say that I want like nice looking women miniatures, right? If you're going to have miniature women, they might as well look nice. Um, so she goes on there and she's complaining a lot. And, uh, so she she then claims to be getting a lot of harassment both on the forums and and elsewhere uh and she she claims that one of these the, the anonymously uh the anonymous death threat she got was like like it was from the creator of one of the creators of of Malifo, um Nathan Caroland and uh Caroland uh Caroland I don't really know much about the guy but I do know that um he was posting in a private Facebook group which uh, his postings got leaked uh, to this woman who promptly posted them in public where he was talking about like basically shit stirrers in the forum who would like, uh, who would just complain about stuff a lot and talking about like how bad it was. And, you know, she's just using this to talk about how bad he is. And then, so she gets this like anonymous death threat that she's like trying to pretend came from him. 
Uh, I will not make any claims as to the origin of this death threat, although I think we all can kind of intuit where it came from. And if you can't, you just need to go look back at some of the videos our good friend Sargon of Akkad made about some of the people in Gamergate back in the day because we, uh, you know, same pattern. Um, and she's intimating that he made this, uh, he made this post and in doing so, she's like talking about, and she like goes to the company and asks them to repudiate any violence their employees have advocated for. And, uh, and then asks them to like make like a commitment to like protecting women in games. Right. So, so like these two things are intrinsically tied together. It's not just like a denounce violence. It's a denounce violence and denounce like misogyny and like like prostrate yourself before like global homo basically so her response here is, is or the, their response is is the uh the corporate equivalent of go fuck yourself which is just not to respond now when vox reaches out to them they're like well this is serious so then they're just like we denounce all violence although we do not believe that any employees did this otherwise we would have uh you know terminated said employees so that the corporation handled it very well which is surprising but beyond that it's well, the egregious thing here to me, really, is that she she's intimating that someone, you know, someone of note in the community, you know, made a death threat against her, you know? And nobody, like, like that just kind of goes over the heads of everybody in this issue. Like, yeah, you don't just get to accuse people randomly of, like, threatening you with death, right? Just because you got, like, some sketchy anonymous... Uh, anonymous ask on a tumblr blog saying that they're gonna cut your throat open and then like choke you to death with um let's just leave that bit out with their video game controller yeah maybe i don't know you can't just do that it's that's that's just not how this works um i mean i i I suppose you can because she did but it's still like come on it frustrates me and because, you know, I, I feel for Carolyn because he's just a dude trying to do his job and his job is like making a quality product that happens to be a war game, which is enjoyable to some people. I don't know anything about Malifaux. It doesn't look like the kind of thing I'd enjoy personally, but that's an opinion thing, right? But like, you know, whatever. It, yeah, I, I, I don't... She, she seems to be... She seems to be finding... Uh, finding a ton of you know on on one hand she wants to be a woman in this in this gaming group which gets her more attention right but on the other hand when she gets attention when it's not the kind of attention she wants she complains about it i guess to like everybody well i don't think she's getting any attention um for being a woman and i think she's making up attention which brings us to john's favorite portion of the entire article Oh yeah. Before, before we get to that, let me just read this. This is beyond complaining. All right. So she, she's like towards the end of this post, she states the prominence of white male terrorism in the geek community is obvious to everyone except straight white men. Gamergate, sad puppies, and the necessity of the cosplay is not consent movement to name just a few have brought to light the dangerously retrograde ideas espoused by the gaming community. (laughs) If gamers didn't think the harassment was justified or warranted, they would speak out against it. That the community and industry as a whole chooses to remain silent in the face of widespread public condemnation of its bigotry speaks volumes. 
So she is presenting herself as a religious zealot leading a witch hunt against these industries and these participants in it. She is trying to steal virtue and proclaim herself as virtuous and have this crusade against the evil wrongdoers who she just claims exist and has no proof to show that they actually do. Well, I, I want to I wanna just I'll like go on this for, for one second. Her definition of terrorism is harassment, for one. Two, she's making, like, can you can you reread that, the, like, first couple of sentences there? I want to just unpack a few things there. The prominence of white male terrorism in the geek community is obvious to everyone except straight white men. All right, there we go. That's that's the sentence I wanted to sort of, um, sort of, uh, just, let, let's just say deconstruct. Okay. One, the first thing I want to address here is the geek community. That phrase, um, John. A question. Yes. Where is the geek community? It doesn't exist. There's no such thing as a geek community. Oh no, it exists. Mm. It exists. Mm. The geek no. community. The geek community is located in North America and Europe. Oh no, I don't. Not think... everyone in those locations is in the geek community, though. It's, so it's obviously not all inclusive for that. Well, I don't think the geek community exists either, and I, I think it's kind of telling you know, where is the geek community. John, do you, do, you, do you know, where would I go to find this mythical geek community that's, that's engaging in uh, terrorism? I mean, the closest I would say is like conventions and Reddit. So I'm fine with classifying those as terrorist hideouts. I mean, <laughs> yeah, but they're not like actual terrorists, which is like. No, they're not. But if they if they were, you know, taken out by Navy SEALs, I wouldn't shed a tear. I mean, yeah, I mean, like if, if somebody's going to like if the feds are going to go like get rid of reddit like no problem but like that's not going to happen because reddit is nobody on reddit has the nuts to actually be a terrorist in the first place like let's just be real second of all um these uh no there's so there's no no, there's no geek community the geek community is something that's invoked either as sort of an artificial identity that people have or it's invoked as sort of a pejorative for white people who enjoy playing games with dice and rulers, okay? Now, as a white person who enjoys playing games with dice and rulers, I, you know, I, I, I object to being called part of the geek community. Um, I have an ethno-religious classification, thank you very much. I am a Lutheran. Um, I am a, uh, I'm a Northern European Lutheran. I have my own ethno-religious category. I am not a part of any quote-unquote community that you want to put me in Two, Yeah, I'm a white male terrorist. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm not a terrorist either. Um, well, oh, oh, right. No, that's what they want to label us as. Right. Right. Like I'm not a terrorist. And if I was a terrorist, I wouldn't be doing some gay shit, like harassing you. Um, I would probably be doing something like living in a cave and trying to figure out how I can convince more people to like, accept like waifu futurism. Okay. And, and play yeah, role-playing games and play role-playing games with me. That, I probably wouldn't actually be much of a, actually probably wouldn't be a, even a, terrorist in that case so there's really not any scenario where i become a terrorist right so i'm not a terrorist because i don't use violence to achieve political ends because i'm not really attempting to achieve a political end here what would radical centrist terrorists look like uh, that one kid who strangled his mom who was a fan of ben shapiro and, Sh- and sargon of Akkad. i was just about to say ben shapiro <laughs> <laughs> oh Wow. Hi there, everybody. Okay. Yeah. Ben Shapiro, live from the Daily Wire with the American Civil War 2.0. Watch me own this libtard with this 81 millimeter mortar, epic style. No, get, no, guys, I, I'm having to give up radical centrism now. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't want to do this. I don't want to be put on a Fed list. 
Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm for being a radical, yeah, radical central terrorist. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm not a, I'm not a radical centrist. All right. We talked ourselves out of it, guys. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, no. We commit to tolerance of opinions in the future. Not tolerance of all opinions, just tolerance of the state of being where you have an opinion. I'm also going to write a book, How I Left Radical <laughs> Centrism and Ben Shapiro. I will give you all of the upvotes. <laughs> I will give you all of the Reddit dopamine I can. Oh, very good. Very good. Okay, so so now I think now that we've like done all our shit posting on this, I think we need to get to the best part of this article. By far. Please. Sure. Do. Go on. Would you like to read it or shall I? I would I would like to just introduce this that she's talking about her experience, quote unquote, her quote unquote experiences, in quotes, um, while playing traditional games, in quotes. Uh, as a child, in quotes. Uh, all these things have to be in quotes because there are things she is saying and things that the validity of which can be questioned. Um, but if you will, if you will do the honors to read her uh, her experience, and then do you have the do you have the blurb written by the author of the article afterwards about like the um, about her response to the critiques of her claims? Yes, I do. Yep. Let me. I'll read the uh, first part, and then we'll get to that. All right. So here we go. I am 13 years old and in a game store for the first time. I examine their selection of dice and take them to the counter to pay. How old are you? Asked the balding middle-aged man behind the counter. (gasps) 13? Old enough to bleed, old enough to breed. He chuckles in glee. The Warhammer 40k gamers at the table behind him (laughs) take up the refrain. Old Old enough enough to bleed, old enough to breed. Old enough to bleed, old enough to breed. I run. (laughs) And then so then she goes on to say, I wrote the flashbacks the way I did so that people who have not survived these events can know how they alter you permanently. I wrote the flashbacks as I continue to experience them as PTSD flashbacks that interrupt your life and erode your sense of safety and normalcy. I refuse to apologize for my trauma, not meeting some asshole's arbitrary credibility test. I was there. They weren't. Now, um, the, the, I will say this. I've had a lot of experience with the Warhammer 40k community. I will say that by far the Warhammer 40k community is the cringiest, uh, nastiest, <laughs> least clean wargaming community out there outside of Warmahorts. Um, I mean this with all due uh, offense. And um, I will say this, that I do not believe that War- the Warhammer 40k community would e- ever stoop to being this cringy. So that that is my criteria for this never happened. Is I honestly, like, they're not this cringy. I'd like to counter you yet again and suggest that this did in fact happen. Her mind? Yes. <laughs> in, her, in her mind? Anywhere in reality? It was maybe real not. in my mind. Okay, Jack. What is your what is your what is your woke take on this? Happening? I think I think so. So being a part of the Warhammer 40k community, I can absolutely believe that they are this cringy. They will actually uh, uh, yell out in public that statement to a 13 year old girl. Like I can mm. I can totally see this. I mean, I could see them yelling. Wah. 
or like you know die for the emperor or like some in-game slogan because they do that no hold on they're not talking about the players though like she said she said that the clerk behind the counter started this chant yes right right and the clerks are very very close especially if you go into well you see that's that's the other thing did she go to an flgs or did she go to an actual game workshop scenario yeah. She didn't go anywhere. This is made up. Well, yeah, so, so it's it's probably a little bit less likely if it's an if it's an FLGS because they tend to serve a lot a lot other customers. But I can almost guarantee that the 40k uh, players that visit that gaming store are so close to the to the staff there that if they have some sort of joke you know, like an inside joke or something that they think is funny that they don't see any problem with and shout it out to some unsuspecting normie bystander. And that normie bystander happens to be a 13-year-old girl. I can totally, totally see them do that. What you're saying is Games Workshop stores have really bad optics? Yes. Yes, they have terrible optics. Terrible. It's not like she like looked older than she was. She told him that she's thirteen, yeah. and you think they responded? Oh no, no, no. maybe that that the the specifics of it, like the small little little intricacies, maybe not. Okay, I can I can I can be, uh, you know, I can totally see her lying about that. But the basic story, I can totally see happen. But but that's just. That's just my opinion. You actually have more contempt for Wargamers than Mongoose does. Oh, I have absolute contempt. To be honest, I'd probably have just about as, con- about as much contempt as Jack does for the 40k community if I was still in it. I mean, I mean, it's it's kind of like it's kind of like hating your own country. It's like it's like nobody is allowed to hate America more than Americans, right? And and it's kind of the same way, right? Like I play 40k, I have uh uh, lots of good friends that play 40k, right? And and I curate my group so that. Are you saying like are you doing like the civic nationalist bit where like I've got 40k friends? I don't hate all. No, 40K I'm not. <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I have 40k friends and I heavily curate my group. I could have double or maybe triple the number of people. Uh, over to play to play little plastic soldier men okay but i don't because i heavily curate my group to avoid these people well you know what this is a tumblr fat feminist and i'm going to come out and say i don't believe a word that she says and that's perfectly fine i mean i'm not i'm not saying that I, you I don't should believe, believe her happened because i mean I've seen like the people that work as store clerks and I don't think any of them would have the stones to do something like that. Like if it, that's if, a good like, point. If, if store owners were like Roscoe, if Ro- or, like Roscoe <laughs> Jones, if he did meth like all the time, uh, maybe, maybe because then they, then they <laughs> did you just, add all the time to imply that he only does it some of the time? Well, I'm just saying like, you'd have to be like a meth head and then also have like the <laughs> level of insane, like disregard for everything courage that Roscoe has to like, do that like combine those two to like see like because well maybe it's just like my sensibilities is a very sort of like naturally not wanting to like step on a lot of people's toes in public kind of person generally that um i wouldn't ever see anyone doing this because it's just something that would be so alien for me like i would never say anything like that in public 
Yeah. Um, again, I don't. I don't even. I'm not even vouching for Warhammer players. They probably are terrible. But this is a lying feminist Tumblr loser. I'm not believing a word she says. I just. I don't care. Yeah, yeah that's that's probably a good a good. What we're really weighing is our contempt for the Warhammer 40k community versus contempt for feminism. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you. I have to, I have to weigh that. No, like nobody's going to be saying to a 13 year old, just like I said, I just don't believe unless this is like, you know, a full team of Warhammer players who are like, yeah, full on Slanesh in real life. Nobody's going to be saying that to a 13 year old. I'm sorry. <sighs> yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing. It's like, you know, like in these, in these stores, in these groups, you can get inside jokes, right? And, you know, sometimes those in, inside jokes are funny and entirely appropriate at the time, right? Like when you say them, I'm just, I'm just saying that I can totally see an inside joke getting out of hand like this. And, uh, and as far as the Tumblr feminist woman, like, you know, I, I really don't care, you know, who she is or whatever. I just, I just think that, uh, I just, I can, I can, all, all, all I'm saying is I can totally see this happen. So all you're saying is believe women. No, I believe mean, honestly, honestly, women. like yes. there's, there's a part of me that could see this happening. And if it were somebody else, I'd probably be more inclined to believe that it happened. But given who our narrator is, I don't, I, I'm weighing like my, my knowledge and sort of contempt for like, again, the Warhammer community versus my knowledge and contempt for the sort of person that's writing this article. And in this case, my knowledge and contempt of the sort of person that writes this article weighs out my knowledge and contempt of the 40K community, if that makes any sense. You know what? Gamers rise up. <laughs> so what you're, what you're saying is we need to rise up and do this more often. What I'm old enough to bleed, old, old enough, enough to breed. breed. Old enough to bleed, old enough to breed. That's real low energy, Mongoose. <laughs> what what I'm saying is that Gamergate 2 needs to needs to actually get into uh, traditional games and and war games. That's no, no, I don't, I don't want Sargon of Akkad anywhere near my hobby. You need to, you need, <laughs> you need to check yourself on that. Could you imagine Sargon chanting that? Old enough, I can't even. Old enough accent, to bleed, but... breed. Old enough to bleed, or sorry, old enough to bleed. Old enough to breed. Old enough to bleed. Old enough to breed. Can you imagine V? I, no, V is the kind of person with chances. <laughs> oh no! Oh yeah! Oh. Hey there, mate. Old, old enough to bleed. Old enough to breed. I can't even do the. Old enough freaking... to bleed. Old enough to bleed. Old, old enough to bleed. Old enough. Why to do breed. you always get that backwards? <laughs> I, because you're never gonna be able to rise up at this rate. Well, be, the, the, the problem I get it backwards there is because when you do like an Eastern European accent, they like roll their R's in like this the way like Japanese people kind of mispronounce their L's, like kind of no, kind of makes it, it similar. With the other one, you, I know, you I know, but it can it confused my brain. Okay, my brain was confused <laughs> by V Look, being a Romanian. We need to practice this. We need to get together and practice if we're going to chant this in public. All right. Yeah, I, I, I suppose that is true. I mean, we can we, <laughs> we gotta have it down. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, though, I don't think this is what V would chant at someone because, again, V did. did uh, the the concept of like heterosexual like relations, I think, is too wholesome for V. So, old enough to bleed, old enough to eat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so is that is that the article? Are there any other? Uh, I mean, there, I mean, parts? like, I don't really have many much commentary on it outside of that, really. 
Yeah, I think we're we're done. That was terrible. <laughs> so speaking of degenerates, mm. they released new Warhammer 40k Chaos models. Ah, yes. These degenerates happen to be fictional, though, thankfully. Yes, but fun to play. Uh, so yeah. Actually, before we start this bit, real important question time. Uh, would you rather Warhammer 40k Chaos Degenerates or IRL Degenerates, and why? What like for what like target practice? What are we talking uh, here? Would you yeah. rather have to deal with them in, in like in like IRL? At my retail job, do I want to like have some weird like homosexual come through my line or a noise marine? Is that what you're asking? <laughs> do, do you want do you want your society to have the the aforementioned problem with sodomy, or do you want your society to have a problem with noise marines? That's the question. Uh, that's not a fair question. Noise Marines would end it faster. Yeah. So I'm going to go I, with Noise Marines. Yeah. So like two for the same reason. Yeah. Hmm. Although that's probably that's an interesting cool. question. Yeah. There really is. There, actually, when you think about it, there's not very much of a difference. Well, presumably the Noise Marines have better music. <laughs> hmm. 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 So if, if the listeners could remember uh, a week or two ago, I did a bit on Shadow Sphere the uh the newest uh, box set that came out with uh those ugly space marine models yeah so i so i pointed out that many of the chaos models actually looked pretty decent in fact better than than the older models the, the that uh that flaming goat skull head headed uh uh dark Dude, apostle the, the flaming goat skull was like cool as all get out man like that was yeah. really cool so yeah, so so they they recently released a new Chaos Space Marine uh, basic basic box uh, Havocs, which are the heavy weapon squad. Uh, I saw those. version. Uh, they also released a, a a new Abaddon model, which everyone was assuming was going to come out, and uh, a special terrain piece called the Noctilith Crown. Basically, it's the SG one uh, Stargate. Oh, more chaos. We think that in yeah. in um one of the Dawn of War games, I think it's Dawn of War two. Uh, think, no, right? Dawn of War, and then it's it's Dawn of War Dark Crusade. When you do the chaos stronghold at the end, there's this big old chaos portal thing that's surrounded by this big old like ring thing. It looks kind of like that, and it's really cool. So 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 I'd like to start with this one. Uh, so I actually ordered this before I even knew there were rules for it. I, th I just thought it was like a cool terrain piece, but, uh, but apparently there are rules for it. Um, <clears throat> I, I haven't actually been able to find the, the correct rules for it, but, uh, uh, but the description says GW, the rules aren't going to be correct either way. Yeah. It basically, the description of it mentions that there's going to be some sort of shield of shield of energy that will protect uh tr protect your troops so maybe like a uh maybe like a, a force field generator if you remember that from uh, earlier editions uh also apparently your psychers will be able to um re-roll uh psychic tests so so basically it, it protects your psychers and your psychers can reroll psychic tests. So 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 it seems like it seems like really kind of a cool model. That's pretty powerful, honestly. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to fielding it. Uh so moving on to the basic space marine models. Uh I so so I actually have a few problems with these. 
uh first of all they look way better than the old space marine models uh Sp chaos space marine uh yeah i was units. about to say these look really detailed are, are they monopose or no well and that that leads me into my criticism which i oh, believe no. they are in fact monopose oh uh, yeah no. No, exactly. no. I am so disappointed. Oh no, yeah. No. <laughs> right. Well, John, we get it. You're not a miniatures guy, but you gotta understand monopose models. It's like um, it's like looking at a thumbnail of a waifu picture, clicking on it, and then realizing it was a trap the entire time. Yeah. So it makes it better. <laughs> no comment. Uh, I'm so trying to rebuild diplomatic relationship with tone here. Okay. Right. We so need our host. I, I am not, but, uh, <laughs> but at, at, at any rate, like, like, to, but, but to answer your question a little bit differently, uh, it, it, so, so it appears as though, I'll, no, I'll, you know what, I'll put, in, I'll put, I'll put the comparison in, in a way John can understand. It's like thinking you're clicking on a giantess picture, but in reality, it's just regular sized and kind of mundane and boring. There you go. There you go. That's fine yeah. too. As long as it's cute. You know, or it's whatever. too cartoony. Anyway, well, oh, why, okay. why am I, why am I saying this? <laughs> I don't know. Why am I feeding? Because we're trying to we're trying to explain our our like miniatures autism to John in an autism language he can understand, and it's falling flat out. Okay, well let me let me ask you a question then. What does it matter if the arms can move around? Because monopose miniatures generally the thing about um, multipose miniatures is you can swap out the arms for other things very easily. So it's very they're easier to convert. When you have multipose miniatures, it's easier to convert them, and it's also easier to pose them in unique ways that sort of make them more unique to your army and therefore more of your dudes and since the entire point ah. of having miniatures in the first place is like having dudes that belong to uniquely you and your army is kind of like you know it's i hate to say like it's self-expression man but it kind of is like you know your army this just sounds like special snowflakeism i don't know yes it, and that's and that's why we like this but that is oh, a, okay. but that is actually a difference uh the arms are posable so oh. so they do come with posable arms and heads and uh and and basically extremities the torso though it, it appears as though like half the torsos are posable and the other half aren't well that, that's fine okay in that case it's which, are, which are kind of weird yeah so so i mean i mean it comes with it comes with like all the pauldrons and all the and all the arms and everything there are a few so arms what, that are what not thing is there's very little difference between this and like previous space marine kits then it's just more detail uh no, I would I would say that this is more akin to the uh, Death Watch uh, uh, sprues because the Death Watch sprues had posable arms, but their torsos and many of their weapons did were not very posable. So other previous Space Marine kits. Yeah, I I guess I guess yeah, it's especially the newer version of Space Marine kits. Hey, I just clicked on product information and it says. 12 plus for the age. <laughs> Are they saying old enough to bleed? Old enough to bleed. Old enough, <laughs> enough to bleed. <laughs> old enough to bleed. <laughs> yes. Yes, they are. So maybe so maybe the, the employee was just quoting the official age requirement to her. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe the employee was reading uh back yeah. of the box. Yeah. Yeah. And she took that as a personal attack. He was just being helpful. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there you go. This, there you it's go. GW's fault. GW needs to hire more. Uh... Now, I do want to say that as GW becomes more diverse and more like sort of uh, inculcated into like global Sodom, 
the chaos models have just gotten way better. I wonder why that is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't Well they they have real life inspiration now. Yeah. <laughs> Most likely. Yeah. Uh the the havocs, I will say I will say one thing. Uh they look way more monoposed than the than the Chaos Space Marines. Uh the the main issue I have with them is that they're including a new weapon called the Reaper Chain Cannon, which uh which appears to be Please tell me. Please tell me this is a cannon that shoots chain swords. No. Uh... Which, which would be cool. Don't get me wrong. That would be cool. Uh it's it's something like uh it's something like heavy eight. It's got like eight shots to it, and it's like strength seven or eight. So it's pretty good. The problem is though, is that the kit comes with two auto cannons, two heavy bolters, two laser cannons, two missile launchers, and one Reaper chain cannon. Oh no! Yeah. Uh, so you, you gotta buy more if you want to have more than one of those. You you gotta buy you gotta buy nine boxes, Goy. If you want to <laughs> have if you want to have nine Reaper chain cannons in your army. This is so Anglo. This yes, is, very I mean, like the, the, this is, but this is what they've always done with the new weapon in the, uh, in the, and like the Devastators equivalent boxes. I think it was the same way with the grab cannons and the plasma cannons when they were introduced. Is there was only like one, one plasma cannon per box. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Now plasma cannons were not particularly good, but has this weapon been around previously, or did they just now like come no, out of with it? No, this is this is a new this is a new weapon as far as I can see. So 40k, they're developing new technology. Like how do, I thought they didn't develop new technology in 40k. No, no. Theoretically, the way it works is in setting the retcon in uh, stuff to yeah. make new models. Oh. That that and that and chain cannons and uh, and reaper uh, reaper guns have been in have been in Horus Heresy and other areas mm. so actually what i'm probably going to do is i'm probably going to proxy some of my Horus heresy era marines as reaper chain cannon marines i advocate everyone else do the same yes and the havocs have increased their toughness by one that is interesting heavy weapons working out higher toughness yeah they're working out they got uh they got stabilizers on their feet kind of cool cool they don't have massive shoes that are twice the size of their head, though. What? <laughs> that, was from, that was from the Space Marines. Remember the guys with the jetpacks and the massive shoes? Oh, yeah, those guys from the Shadow Spear thing. Yeah, I don't, yeah. Marines were Yeezy. Man, I don't know what they're. I don't know what they're doing with those guys. I hope someone repurposes one of the shoes as a helmet. <laughs> Paint like a little visor on the front of it. Yeah. <laughs> So, so moving on to the last unit that I want to talk about right now is Abaddon the Despoiler. So, so everyone kind of knew that they were getting a new Abaddon model for a while because uh, because he's one of the central characters. I mean, Chaos seems to get uh, seems to have gotten screwed a lot in the past. So, so it was kind of up in the air. Will they give us a new Abaddon model? The new Abaddon model is interesting because it's almost as big as as a uh, Rebute Gilliman. Well, that kind of defeats the purpose of Abaddon because the point is, is he's like a regular sized dude. Why would he be the size of Gilman? Gilman, Gilman. That's a very good question. Uh, many people are asking this question. Uh, I mean, I don't know. It's magic. I ain't got to explain shit. Like, <laughs> I mean, he does technically have all four. 
uh, Marks of Chaos. Like he's kind of a he's he's I don't know he's he is kind of a special dude. But you're right. He's collected all the chaos emeralds. He's he's collected yes. all the chaos. Literally, literally in in setting, yes, yeah. he has. Yeah. So I, you know what? Like your guess is as good as mine. I I obviously they made him that big so that uh, too big for you, so that they could like put him next to Gilliman and be like, this is a set, you know. You know what it is. This is like my my Japanese cartoons. Where when you give a generic unnamed entity a name, it suddenly grows bigger and gets massive armor. Or give him more power, right? When you when yeah. you give him more power, he grows bigger. Well, it's when you give him a name mostly, because the name is like a conference of power. Yeah. So I don't I, I personally don't think he's over designed like at all. I think I think he's he's pretty well designed for for what he is. Uh, they kept the uh, they kept the funny uh, frowny face uh, screaming faces on the uh, on the sword, which is kind of a holdover from his old model, which is kind of funny. It's not chaos if it doesn't have random screaming stuff all over it, though. That's true. That's, that's and it reminds me of Minecraft Soul Sand. Soul Sand. Yeah, when they get to the Nether. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Now. <laughs> <laughs> now i haven't checked yet uh are his arms d d do his arms come uh separate as in like do you have to glue his arms on i haven't checked i don't yet. know let's check this oh I'm, I'm look. i'm trying to look at the plastic pieces and it's just a bunch of gray blobs and i'm just like what am i looking at here <laughs> ever made a model kit before john no, I'm straight. <sighs> I'm joking. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, I don't have anything against my homosexual brothers. Last episode of Little Wars John's appeared on was episode 24, wherein he... <laughs> <laughs> where he implied the hosts were gay. No! Uh, as if this was the first. Come on. No, he does not have separate arms. This This is... This is absolutely terrible and horrible. So you can't pose them? They're like, they're stuck like that? No, no, no. The meme is with the old Abaddon model. Uh, the arms would fall off. Because it was metal. Abaddon. Because it was right. metal and, and the arms are very heavy. So it would fall off. Oh. So. So it became like a meme. And then like, now you can't do the meme anymore. And Jack is sad. Yeah. Very, very sad. Very sad. Honestly, overall, I think the model looks better than Gilliman. Like. I bet it does, because Gilliman looks like a Chaos model, so if Gilliman yeah. was a Chaos model, it'd actually look okay. Yeah. yeah. How many, how, what's our total like lifetime record for complaining about that one single model? <laughs> Too many. Too many times. I mean, like, why, why, why not one, once more? Like, <laughs> once more into the breach. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so I haven't actually looked at his new rules. I don't know if his new rules are out yet. Uh, I'm getting the uh, updated Chaos Space Marine book, so I will have it in my hands when it is out, and I will see if he's got updated rules. But as far as I know, he is just a regular... He, he is like a Chaos Lord in Terminator arm, as far as, as far as that goes. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's got like maybe a point or two in toughness. I don't know if he can go up against Rebute Gilliman. That's the thing. 
I'm looking at Gilliman right now, and I really like his design. The problem we have with it isn't necessarily that it's an intrinsically bad design. It's just that for what Gilliman is supposed to look like, uh, compare. So when you're looking at the 40k Gilliman, um, there is a 30k Gilliman model as well of the same character. Yeah, take a hop, skip, and a jump over to Forge World, and uh, and look up Ultramarine Primarch uh, Gilliman. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna send him a, a an image of This is this is like a level of purity spiraling I'm not ready for. <laughs> I'm sure it was better in ye oldie days, Gramps. I'm just saying what we got now is pretty no, good. No, it's too. not it's not a ye oldie days model. It's literally yeah, comparison it's... of two concurrent models. These are this is a model of him like these are two separate models of the same character that are released by two different design firms. By like two different two two years or something. It was like it was like right. Two it's years two years ago. apart, and the the problem is is that one of them accurately portrays like the kind of vibe of the character and gets a lot of things about him right, and the other one is the forty k Gilliman. I don't like this older one. What? What? It's very boring. That's the point. Gilliman's a boring dude. <laughs> okay, I this is an attack against autists everywhere. Okay, <sighs> you can be a flamboyant autist. Well, Gilliman's like the logistics autist, but he's also like very straight-laced and would dress boringly because that's the kind of dude he is. Maybe he maybe he woke up with a fashion sense. I don't know. So thirty k thirty k Gilliman is all about is all about improving himself and his legion. It's all about uh, becoming better. It's all about becoming who you are. Becoming who yeah. you are. He's basically the Jordan B. Peterson of a. Uh, of, uh, clean, clean your imperium, bucko. Clean up your imperium. And you know what? The first thing he did when he woke up. Washed his penis? He he washed his penis and he cleaned up his imperium. Nice. He cleaned his room, then he cleaned his imperium. That's right. When That's you right. pathologize, when you pathologize the imperium, you pathologize yourself. <laughs> But yeah, his 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 thirty k model is very simple, right? He's got his gladius, which you know he he he's you know the ultramarines are supposed to be space Rome, so he's got his gladius. He's got his armor is very uh, simple, but it's it's also very stylized because he's a primarch. His base is excellent. It's very it's a marble Romanesque base with a. Uh, with ultramarine uh, iconography in the background. The new model, on the other hand, has a gigantic flaming sword, and he looks like he's doing the splits over over an over-designed landscape. He's flexing on these nerds. <laughs> he's about ready to teabag them. Are you, are you telling me... Are, are you telling me that the 40k Gilliman is the Chad... Versus the Virgin, yeah. thirty k. The vir the Virgin with the Roman Emperor and the Chad with the uh, the the squatting flame sword. Flame <laughs> sword. <laughs> I'm I'm a I'm a gonna shit squat. <laughs> I shouldn't fart. You gotta, you gotta wiggle that out of there somehow. That the suit can only take it once it gets past the exit. You, know? you gotta get. You gotta help to get there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god uh, yeah. is this the is this the final evolution of the terminator i pooped my pants pose <laughs> yes this is the gilliman it's he's, yeah, he's it's showing like him how accident. it's done the the i pooped my pants pose is not an accidental like escapage 
It's a I finally got it out pose. <laughs> no. So now I'm pole vaulting forward. Yeah. Honestly, I, I think we've covered pretty much everything there is to cover. And then yeah. a lot more than that. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think that that's pretty much it for this week, everybody. Yep. Okay. Well, thanks for having me on again. Uh, it was a great final episode. Uh, you guys enjoy the rest of the podcast, I guess. <laughs> well, thank you, sir. And uh, thank you, Mr. Kikimura. It's been a great episode. See you guys later. Bye.